What's up, you swashbuckling supervisors and superstars of the world? Welcome back to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I am your host, TJ Reed. If you are loving this podcast, would you subscribe to it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts? And then would you share one of your favorite episodes with somebody that you know to help them to grow in their leadership and become a part of our leadership community? We are doing great things on Facebook and Instagram. Would you go like us or follow us on those pages? Uh, We do a weekend wrap up every Sunday evening to begin to uh, get ready for the upcoming week on our Instagram TV page. And so uh, please do join us. We're excited about what's going on there. Um, Those of our friends in Atlanta, we're going to be there May 1 through 3. Uh, We would love to meet up with you, grab coffee as a group. And uh, we're planning some of that even right now. So email us at vitaminleadteam at gmail.com if you want to be a part of that. We are excited about that time. And for those of you in the Virginia Beach, Hampton Roads area, we are going to be doing a meetup in June. The date is to be determined, but we would love to have you be a part of that. So if you're interested in being a part of that, uh, you uh, email us as well at vitaminleadteam at gmail.com. We are looking forward to that time. Today, part four of our Pirates of the Compelling Team series. We have this one and then one more And then we will be finished with this series. But man, I have been loving this one. This answering the question of how can we balance a compelling vision with day-to-day operations in our businesses. You see, we challenged you as the captain that uh, for your people, you got to lead vision and values that are meaningful and where people matter. Uh, That as you're getting to know your crew, you got to do a get to know you montage where you do something to get to know who they are, their strengths and how they can contribute to the team. And then the last one, we just talked about the Jolly Roger and how the different things we need to do to create a team identity is point to our history and the great things that we have done. We got to remember why we're commissioned as a ship, right? And then what's our mission right now and what will success look like in six months from now? That's how we begin to build our team identity around these things. And so today is one that I really enjoy. Uh, It's, it's, It's one that's not the most fun to do as a leader, but it's one that'll make a big difference in the work that you're doing. And that's swabbing the deck. You know, (laughs) I always loved saying that, like as a pirate, you know, you you just go, you got to swab the deck, matey. And so if you want to say that, I'll, I'll give you some space here for about two seconds to say swab the deck, matey. So go ahead. It's all you. Good job. Good job. Awesome. What I learned, so I've been doing a lot of pirate research as we've been going through this thing. What I learned is there was two real uh, main things that would, why pirates would swab the deck. Um, For one of them is uh, they would clean up after the guns were fired uh, on the ship because the gunpowder residue would hit the ship. And if they didn't kind of moisten the area or make it wet around there, it, it had a great chance of a fire the next time that they fired guns or anything else that they would use on the ship. And so they would make sure to uh, wet down the deck to make sure that that didn't happen. And then another one was it would help to slow down the decomposition of their wooden decks. It would make sure that the the wood didn't get warped or things uh, much quicker. And so they would clean it on a regular basis. There's obviously other reasons that I'm, I'm sure uh, are out there, but those are two that were very interesting to me as I began to uh, learn about swabbing the deck or 
the, the real topic we're looking at is second nature habits. How, how can we get our team to do these habits on a regular basis that kind of become second nature to them? I want to tell you a story. Stories about this guy named John and this guy named Peter. They were both lumberjacks. And they decided that they were going to have a competition because they were continually talking about who could cut more wood, who could uh, just chop faster, whatever it is. So these two lumberjacks, John and Peter, decided that they would do a competition. And so one day they show up and they say, hey, for the next four hours, we are going to be chopping wood and see who can chop the most wood today. So John and Peter begin. They're chopping. They just hear the axes crack, 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 crack against the, the logs. They just continue to chop, 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 chop. Around the end of the first hour, Peter hears John putting down his axe and stopping to chop. He didn't look behind him. He just kept chopping. He goes, all right, (laughs) big boy's getting tired. It's going to be my chance to win here with this chopping contest. And so he keeps chopping, chopping, chopping. About 15 minutes later, Peter picks up his again and begins to chop the wood right alongside of it. The next hour... John hears Peter once again put down his axe and he goes, oh man, I'm really getting ahead of him now. I'm going to keep chopping, 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 chopping. Well, the end of the four hours comes and John's like, there is no way this dude chopped more wood than I did. Literally every hour he would take 15 minutes off. So there's no way that he chopped more wood than I did. And so when they came around, John was really surprised to find out that Peter had chopped significantly more wood than he had. And so John said, how in the world did you chop more wood than I did? And uh, he looked at him and he said, well, it's real simple. Every hour, as every hour passed and you just kept chopping, 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 I would stop for 15 minutes and I would sharpen my axe. So as I sharpened my axe, it helped me to be able to chop more wood because I got through it quicker. It was sharper. And and you just continue to dull your axe more and more the more that you chop the wood. And so that's why I was able to chop more throughout the day. And you see, if we're not careful, we can work with our teams and we can push our teams and you can, it can just feel like chopping and we, we can even as leaders sometimes feel like we're winning, but the fact is we're actually chopping with a dull axe because it's gotten to be the same thing over and over and over again. And I'll tell you what, your team members feel it when you're chopping with a dull axe, when you haven't taken some time to stop and sharpen and refocus. And so it's so important for us as leaders of whatever team or family or community organization that we lead that we take some time to stop and sharpen the acts of our teams. This is where these new habits come in because as you go on as a team, you got to realize that to go to the next level, you're going to have to take on new habits. It can't be the same old, same old helping to get you to where you need to go. If you want to go to the next level, you've got to put new habits in place. And so it's your job as the leader to begin to identify what those new habits are that your team needs to go to the next level. And, you, you know what? You, the, the fact is you can change habits today. I think a lot of people, they wait for uh, specific times like their birthday or New Year's or something like that to change their habits. But the fact is for you personally and for the team that you lead, you can change your habits today. There's a couple of things that will always happen when you begin to put new habits into place. 
right? You've experienced this before. Number one is it's going to feel weird before it feels normal, right? <laughs> I remember I, I posted on Facebook uh, a couple of years ago. I was like, I'm 30 days into this workout routine. And I'll tell you what, I just feel like either barf, barfing or passing out after doing my leg workout today. Is that normal? <laughs> You ever had those experiences where it's going to feel weird before it feels normal as you're putting a new habit into place. But the, 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 the thing is, is if you keep the focus on something, you find the ways to measure and reward the habits that you want, you will begin to see progress with the habits that you're doing. So here's some real practical advice. I'm just going to give you kind of four real practical tips about implementing a new habit with the team that you lead. The first one's this, pick one habit at a time. Pick one habit at a time. If you remember my friend, Justin Agolia, who uh, back when I lived in New York, he, he, he told me the, the, the thing about you got to have a point for the head and a picture for the heart, right? Justin was so wise. I, he, I'm so grateful that I met him early on in my life and career. Because uh, another thing that Justin said is I, I was wanting to make a bunch of change as a young guy. I wanted to make a bunch of change in the church in which I was leading. And he said, slow down a little bit. He said, TJ, just pick one thing that you want to do different this month and do that and get that completed. And then next month, pick another thing that you want to do well and do that. Because if you do one habit every single month, you'll have 12 really well done habits or changes that you've done throughout this year. And that's significant. You can't just tackle six things today and just believe that all six are going to get implemented into what you're doing. You got to take one habit at a time and make that happen. And that was such wise advice. Uh, within the last couple of years, uh, one of the leaders that was under me was leading her team. Her name's Crystal. And one of the things she realized was that her team was using filler words on phone calls all the time. They were saying, um, or, uh, you know, those sorts of things, uh, like, like some of the stuff I sometimes say on this podcast, uh, that are filler words. But what Crystal did was, uh, she created a filler word jar. And what she did was every single day she gave her team members 10 pennies and she put the jar right in the middle of the team. It was a team of about six. And as they had their phone calls, if they caught themselves using a filler word, they would have to take one of their 10 pennies and put it in the jar. And what they would do is they began to measure each other with how many pennies were left in their stack by the end of the day. But it was such a useful exercise. It was this habit that she wanted them to help overcome so they could have uh, more professional sounding calls so that they didn't sound unprofessional in the way that they were communicating with the people uh, on the other end of the line. And it was very effective. The people that were on that team uh, were some of the, the, the best spoken people on our, our call team. And so uh, that was just such a great uh, instance of how Crystal took one habit, implemented it, and gave it something tangible that would help her team. So the first, the first point is just really pick one habit at a time. The second thing is create a campaign around it. One of the things that we do a lot at our work is we'll create these monthly competitions where if we want to uh, incentivize a quality conversation, right? We'll say, have a quality conversation and talk about financial aid in that conversation and get a score of 85 to 90% and you get uh, entry in the raffle today as part of the team. Uh, and so we create these campaigns on a monthly basis around the things that we want to see improve for the team. 
And when you point to the things that you want to see improve, people are more likely to know what to improve. They're more likely to put a habit into place. And when you make it fun by creating a campaign, you know, we would do things like March Madness. Wah! Or April showers. Rain down praises of your, of your coworkers, right? And so it, it, it's so important that you create a campaign because, the, because that really helps the people to kind of unite around a central purpose. Then it, it's not just a habit that you want, but it's something that maybe comes across as a little more fun that you want to implement with the team. So create a campaign. Then third of all, I would say uh, give daily and weekly recognition. You want to make sure that the thing that you're asking people to do, the habit you're asking them to implement, that in a team email or a team text message or however you do it on your team, that on a daily basis, you shout out those people who are doing a great job. You go, oh, Meredith, you rule. You did awesome this week on, uh, I don't know, talking to people uh, on reaching out to people at the event that we had. You did a great job. And so you, you want to point to those things on a daily and a weekly basis because what that does is that reinforces that that's what you want to see. You want to present people that are models of the thing that you're asking them to do, daily and weekly recognition. And then fourth of all, uh, as you're seeing it really begin to help the team, what's important is share data and how this habit has helped to improve the performance of your team. Begin to share that with people. Share a customer story. Share somebody that visited your church or your organization and how they were helped by the thing that you asked your team to do, that new habit you asked them to do. Because as you learn to present that stuff to people, they're going to go, okay, it's actually making a difference. It's not just something that uh, this corny thing that they're asking me to do, but it's something that's making a big difference in the lives of the people that we interact with on a daily basis. And so, these second nature habits are so important to get in, but it's your job to begin to identify them and figure out what you're going to do with them for your team. So like I said, pick one habit at a time, create a campaign around it that makes it a little bit more fun than just a habit. Uh, begin to offer daily and weekly recognition of the people that are on the team. And then share how this habit has begun to uh, affect data and improved the performance of your team. And that's just, that's just a, one simple step-by-step -step way to begin to implement and see habits make a difference on the team that you're leading. These second nature habits, this swabbing the deck to make sure that the wood doesn't warp. Well, friends, thank you for listening today to Vitamin Leads, your healthy dose of leadership habits. Uh, Swabbing the deck, these second nature habits are so important to learn how to do. And uh, on the next one, our last one in this series, we're going to be talking about wind in the sails and how you can intentionally build momentum on your team where you get certain habits in place. Then how do you begin to intentionally build momentum on your team? It's, it's possible. And so tune in next time for Vitamin Leads, your healthy dose of leadership uh, I, I hope you've had a great time today and found this beneficial. I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye-bye.